sound chamber. We live in entertainment. Uh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Hey. Yeah. So, so, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, this is the tip off, kick off, whatever, get it poppin' hot. I'm seven sides, this man of the starting five, the Megan and JP, like Ron and Kyrie, get the latest on the greatest. I talk for my team, yep. Sport news on the two, starting the ball like my I need more, so I turn to my boss, NBA, NFL, MLB. Who do it better than these fellas? You tell me, this a champion team, understand? Messing so y'all sick of the shine, cause they on the climb, y'all in Carmelo land. Need to lay off that la la, be barbershop ready, get your info proper. From the Beckham that kick goes to the Beckham, make a one hand grab to the end zone. They got it covered, word to the mother. I run rap, they run game reporting. Danny JP, you on it, how y'all want it, huh? Yeah, bunch. What up, what up, what up, y'all? It's your boy, the mayor, that DJ named Ace Five, your mom's favorite fat guy from deepest, darkest Africa, a.k.a. the round mound of the podcast town, a.k.a. the big fat Bundini Brown. And we are back with the newest episode of the Starting Five. Yeah, I had to add that. I had to add that AKA in, man, because of the way I'm balding. But I, I ain't gonna lie. I don't have. And you know, and, and I'm gonna add that AKA. Shout out to one of my coworkers who I was saying I got the George Jefferson thing. He said, Nah, you got that. You got that. Who is Ali's trainer? He said, Yeah, you got that. He said, You got that Bundini Brown fucking uh, hairline going. But I gotta say. Nobody's no. I've never seen nobody go bald in the middle the way he did, and have the perfect hairline in the front still. I've never seen that before <laughs> in my life. And then too, I had to add that today because I was watching on Facebook, uh, Larry Holmes versus Muhammad Ali, and my goodness, man, Muhammad Ali looked like he was like he was already going through whatever ailments he had when he fought that fight. Sad. He never fought that fight, right? But with that being said, you're already talking. You know what to do. <clears throat> yes, sir. What up? What up? What's going on, everybody? Your boy, JP. Get ready. We got a busy, busy day in the world of sports this week. Today and this week, yes, a lot of stuff is going down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, as always, I got to ask y'all to check out the Start5Show.com. That's where you'll be able to listen to us on almost all our streaming platforms coming soon i gotta add a page because we are now on anchor fm i had to upload us to anchor fm now one of the fairly new like months old to roughly about a year old new uh podcasting services out there you know anchor fm you can hear our boy uh lou from the bx aka dominican lou on the everything podcast he's a big user of the f the anchor app you could also check out our homie who is supposed to be a, a part of our network but you know we still got to work out some particulars with that our, our, our homie uh curtis omega son in the seven seas mm-hmm. project you could, you could check out the wealth chamber through anchor also but we are now on there and as look us up under the starting five or the starting five podcast on anchor fm check us out there definitely Buy our merch to teespring.com slash the starting five. 
podcast. I believe it's just the Starting Five podcast or the Starting Five swag. You can check us out. You can buy our hoodies, t-shirts, stickers. I even uploaded. You could now get cell phone cases too. We got iPhone cases, Android cases, all that good stuff, man. But anyway, JP, enough of that. Let's just dive right into this. We are going to go into the world of the NBA real quick, but then we're going to go to the NFL, and then we got to go back to the NBA where we're going to bring on another guest if they are still going to be available. But let's get into these Lakers once again. I forgot why we were supposed to talk about them, but... You know, this this Lakers team has been a mess all year. You know, we, we, we've Ooh. seen, you know what it was? This is why we were supposed to talk about them again. Because they had a little bit of Operation Shutdown going on. <laughs> As we all know, we we mentioned last week's show, they reduced LeBron James' minutes. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, they reduced didn't, didn't, real quick, didn't Bumpy Knuckles... Have, um, I <laughs> Bumpy, Knuckles, Bumpy Knuckles have a song one time called so, Operate uh, no, no. Industry Shutdown yeah. or something. He, industry Shakedown. Or yeah, shutdown. He, he had the Industry Shakedown. Uh, yeah. Operation <laughs> Operation Lockdown, uh, I believe, was Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter, uh, yeah. And then uh, the, the, um, the Onyx album was called Operation uh, Shut Him Down. Too. I think of the industry shakedown was dope as hell. Definitely. It was. That was a dope album. Yeah, but let's get into it. it was. I mean the Lakers now they they, they shut down Ingram and Ball for the season with injuries. Um, LeBron James, you know, again, we mentioned it already, shut down 25 minutes a game or so. Still putting up 20-plus points a game <laughs> in short term. He's mm-hmm. doing, like, dunk contests, highlight dunks in, in the games now. Like, you know, like, don't try to act like I still don't got it kind of moves. And, you know, I mean, JP, Operation Shutdown of the Lakers, what's going on? Man, it seems like to me they're throwing in the white flag. That's what it seems like to me. It's like, no way. We can't win nothing with this team, so we're shutting it down. Magic Magic in the gang is like, no way, Jose. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, I think it's, it's kind of surprising, though. Yeah. Because you think with LeBron, LeBron being there, and some of the young talent they had, they were at least going to be the eighth slot in the playoffs. It'd, it'd be a headache for, for whoever is at the number one seed. But um, it, it's kind of surprising, though, that they're not in the playoffs. Um, definitely a 17-game stretch where LeBron did play hurt, hurt the um, Lakers bad, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like to me they are tanking for... A lottery pick. We'll see if they get it though. But that's yeah. what it seems like to be what they're doing. They're taking for a lottery pick. Yeah, uh, it, it it can be perceived as such. It definitely could be perceived as such, man. But you know, I mean, they're already at the same point as far as wins and losses as last season. So I don't think they can mm-hmm. take. They can tank too far. They can Mm-mm. tank too far. Um, You're right. 
We got, you know, we, I, I, you know, the other teams that are tanking, like my New York Knicks, uh, is, you know, that, that's tanking. That's tanking. And you know what? Speaking of tanking, you know what? I said we was going to save it for, for later, but we're going to talk about it now because the guest that we were supposed to have on is going to be calling in in any second now. We got to talk about, we got to talk about, uh, your boys we gotta go in on this situation with Russell Westbrook and James Dolan we yeah. we, we, we gotta yeah. go we gotta go into this for a minute and now we, you know before our guest because our guest is getting ready to call in now let me just kind of just uh, set up the table on our end before we get into the particulars and what's going on with this <clears throat> so at first, I seen the James Dolan incident. I'll give the details of that in a minute. And when I saw it, I said, this mother effer has to go on the Kuntang clan tonight. And off the, off the strength, off the strength, hold on a second. We're just going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be right back going into this segment. All right, and we are back. I'm sorry about that impromptu break, but we had to set up and get our special guest on. She's a big, big, big friend of the show, former guest, several time guest over. I mean, she's, you could say she's a day one, day one supporter of the starting five. Who's on with us tonight? <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are you? This is Katara from True Radio Network and my show, Katara's Cafe. It is great to be back with y'all. I think our last time we talked, it was um, New Year's Day or Eve. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was the it was the year wrap up show. Yes. Yes. So thank so you. Welcome to 2019 with us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be back. Yes, yes. Um, wow. You know, a lot of things are going on, as you know. Um, and it's, it's interesting to to try to handle everything. And, and it, you have to be like, you know, multi. What is it? I, what, what am I? I I'm scatterbrained. That's how I'm able to handle everything. <laughs> I swear. This is the only reason I'm able to handle anything. But yeah. A lot of topics going on, as you already know. <laughs> yeah, well, the one you wanted to get into it with us tonight is uh, the one that we was about to dive into. And I was setting the table how I was supposed to add the owner, the Knicks owner, James Dolan, to uh, the Kuntan clan list tonight before I went to the quick impromptu break. Um, yeah, James Dolan was originally supposed to be a part of the Kuntan clan. But then I had to take a step back and say, you know what, because of this situation here... I can't do it because it would have been a bit hypocritical and and uh, and and contradictory in a way, if you want to say more hypocritical than the contradiction. But so to paint the picture, Jim Dolan, after another Knicks loss, I believe it was, you seen him. There was a video, fan video of him walking through the tunnel at the end of the game, and one fan screams at him, "Hey, sell the team!" Which I agree with. 
and I would say 99.9% of Knicks fans agree with, with the exception of him, right, JP? <laughs> I, mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, he he echoed a sentiment that we all feel, and obviously he felt a little way about it, about it. So he said to him, he said, he it paraphrased it, but he said, so uh, so you like watching the games from home? <laughs> he said, what'd you say? He said, I said, sell the team. He said, okay, so you like watching the games from home, huh? Yeah, because that's what you're going to be doing from now on. And yeah, have, have, have a nice life. And, you know, you're going to be watching, you know, you, you won't be back here watching these games again. And when I, when I saw that <laughs> shit, I was just like, you evil motherfucker. I was pretty much like that, like, you evil son of a bitch. Like, that's some real cocky, like, I got all the money, you little peasant, get the fuck out of my face, and that's it type shit. Like, that, I, he really t- treated him like, I'm the king, you're the pauper, get back in your hole and here, take this piece of bread with you. That's your dinner for the week. Like, like that's just how he kind of gave that, that treatment, right? But then fast forward to maybe I think the next day, we're in Utah. The Oklahoma City Thunders play in the Utah Jazz. And Russell Westbrook gets verbally assaulted, you could say, by a fan, a Utah Jazz fan. And this guy's throwing these types all types of insults and this, that, and the third. And if you've seen you you've seen the video, Russell Westbrook got to the point where he was saying, yo. On everything, I will fuck you up. He's like, I will fuck you up. I'll fuck you. And, and he, he said, he said on didn't everything. Didn't he say the New York City rap? He said the New York rapper for back in the back in the nineties. He said, he said, he said on everything I love. I, I mean, for him to sound like an old New York rapper, he just missed saying your word is bomb, my G. Or your word is bond, son. He he didn't say that. He didn't say word that. Bond, son. Your word is bond. Your word to mother. Oh no, wait. Yo, your word to mother. <laughs> son, yo, on, <laughs> but he definitely said yo on everything I love. I will fuck you up, and I'll fuck you uh-huh. and your wife up too. And then everybody got to praising Russell Westbrook like yeah yeah yeah. You know, how can how dare you, how dare you allow these fans to talk to you like that and this, that, and a third, and the NBA needs to do more from these fans just talking reckless. And then I had to think back on an old episode because even we sat here and said, you know what, just because you bought a ticket doesn't mean you can say whatever or do whatever the hell you want in these arenas and in these stadiums. But we was all ready to be okay with it when a fan did it to James Dolan. And mm-hmm. that's that's where I kind of had to take a step back and say, nah, you know what? Jim Dolan was actually in the right. If we're going to say that Russell Westbrook was in the right, Jim Dolan was in the right in this case. Even though I still feel as a Knicks fan, that motherfucker has to sell this. He does have to sell this team. He's one of the key reasons why we are a shit organization. That still is worth a few billion dollars, but we're a shit organization because the way this guy allows this team to be run. So, Katara, you're the guest. You want to speak on this? I, I do. You kind of see that, like it's there. There is a bit of hypocrisy in in 
we we we're shaming James Dolan, but we're uh-huh. praising Russell Westbrook in a way. Now, again, just to just to clarify too, Russell the the fan was banned for life from any event that goes on in that stadium. Russell Westbrook got a twenty five thousand dollar fine. All fair and good. Nothing has happened to Jim oh. Dolan yet. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Well, you know, I you know me. I didn't hear about what happened uh, with Jim Dolan, and and um, thank you for letting me know that. You know, you know me. I know this is spot sports. Um, I think there's degrees. I, I it's not necessarily a hypocrisy, but it's there's degrees of what fans should be able to say and not say. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, it's it's if he they're getting racist remarks at uh, you know at the game, yeah, people are gonna get pissed off. I mean, I remember you know catching, and I I know you uh, you don't care for this, but uh, I follow Jamel Hill on Twitter, and I don't know one of her friends or somebody or somebody that's connected to her, I think, saw how uh, every time they went to Utah. Someone's always messing with him, you know, and it was like it, it, he had enough. <laughs> you know, he definitely had enough. And you saw another film of like the next day after that incident, one of the uh, the, the the fans was calling him a boy, and you know we all know what that racial connotation means. Mm-hmm. And you know, and he he did it he did it calmly. He got the one of the people that worked there, and I guess that guy got I don't know what happened with him. So you see that issue. That that's an issue. It's an issue, um, and it's all. It's been an issue for a while. And they need to start. You know. Uh, you know. I don't know. Go like. You know, Jim Dolan. That that's a little harsh. But they need to start getting uh, passing out um, penalties. Well, I don't know if you call them penalties, but uh, you know, hold those fans accountable. You all of us. I think you guys. I'm sure you guys remember this. I don't remember who played who. But that basketball that happened years game years ago when that fan threw a cup the malice around our chest. It was called the Malice yeah, at the Palace. Is, it was called the Malice oh, at the okay. Palace and it happened in uh in uh at the, the Pacers home stadium when yes. Right. No, was it the Pacers home right. stadium, JP? No, yeah, it was the Malice at the yeah, Palace. It happened in Detroit. It happened in Detroit. It was right? Detroit, yeah. The Pals of Auburn right. Hills or whatever. Yeah, that ha- yeah, that's been a sm- snowball effect. Now, don't get me wrong. All like the fans were wrong and the players were wrong at that in time. But still, that those fans have play a part on you know causing the game, causing those players. Those players are there professionally. That's their job. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't be disrupting them like that. Granted. You know that's that's typical of us and you know of a sports game. But at the end of the day, it's their job. You start, you know, something like a racist taunt. No, that should not be allowed. Not in 2019. You know, so yeah, they need to be punished uh, or some type of thing against them. You know, um, you know, for racist remarks. Now, someone saying, you know, sell the team. You know, that that that's debatable. That's different. He didn't say anything rude to him, any racist rude. So you can, you know, Dan, I can see why you felt that way. Right. But this here, it's totally different. This, this is yeah. different. It's, you're not hypocritical for calling that out. 
You know what I'm saying? Right, That's right. not hypocritical. It's just degree. Right. You know. Right. Um, well, I look at it. I look at it. I looked at the two from the standpoint of these are both again two different sets of professionals having it out uh-huh. with having it out with a fan and a fan overreacting in a situation and again i mean yes sell the team is light comparing calling compared to calling an adult a boy or stuff like that, you know, or going further. Mm-hmm. And like I enlightened you on on your page when you made the post that they they also even went further, like because you know how Twitter is, they will dig into a person's history and found before this guy went and deleted all his social media, they found right. old tweets of his where he just kind of had a hard on for Russell Westbrook as far as whatever yeah. he did. Those tweets are out there. I think it was on a uh, black sports black sports online is the website or whatever. They you know they're they're right. they're pretty questionable website themselves. But in this case, they mm-hmm. they actually had the, the you know they you could say they pulled the receipts on this guy and found out that this guy has always kind of had a thing against Russell Westbrook and and always kind of taunted in a way or talked that shit in a way when it comes to him. So, in my opinion, he deserves the ban. He deserves the ban. Now, the other guy in the James Dolan incident, I don't think that he deserves the ban. Because, again, I think Dolan allowed his ego to be driven in that moment. Because he felt that it was disrespectful. He thought it was a disrespectful comment. And in some ways, you can see that it is. Even though, like I said, 99.999% of us Nick fans believe that that's a true statement that he has to go (laughs) you know so it wasn't like the man was lying you could say but if we're going to slap one for for reacting towards a fan something should come down on the owner's head also so i i i'm sure i don't know what the league has done yet i do believe and jp we're gonna go to you but i i do believe that the league should also find james dolan for doing that but in that case, not allow him to ban that fan from the garden. Now, technically, that is his. It's it's his establishment. It's his situation. He could do as he pleases. But I think the mm-hmm. I think the league should kind of step in on that one, and say, slow down right. a minute. That wasn't as serious as this guy over here, JP. Um, the James Dolan thing. I, I hear you, but here's the difference between the James Dolan thing and the Russell Westbrook thing. The only thing the fans said was, we should sell the team. There's nothing derogatory. He said to James Dolan, like, call him um, a race, like, uh, well, he was a white guy, but uh, anyway, call him a homophobic slur or, mm-hmm. you know, talk about his mom, his family, or, or stuff like that there. But this guy mm-hmm. said, you need to get on your knees like the way y'all used to do. No, he's talking right. about slavery. Mm-hmm. That's, the, right. that's the difference. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, there is no, that's the, that's the difference between what James Dolan did and this, and this thing right here. Right, right. See, Which, these, 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 again, just for these, me to clarify, not to cut you off, but just for me to clarify mm-hmm. again, I just took it upon the surface level of... Mm-hmm. You, you know that that's what that's the only thing I stood behind with this is I just took it upon the surface level of these are two people who had fan interactions 
and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw him on the Kuntang clan this week because of these two situations. Because it's like if I gotta throw him on, then I gotta throw, which deservingly so should be that fan and Russell Westbrook for getting himself into that trouble. But again, two different scenarios that context contextually are different, and I agree with y'all both. Sorry about that. Yeah, JP, I'm sorry. Oh no, no. That's all I want to say was that that's that's the difference between the, between the two. With this one is was what I said about like you know the, the slurs and stuff. And man, you know this fan, like you said, was trying to cause problems. But see, this is the problem I have with these punk ass fans. They sit up here and say all this stuff, yada yada yada, whatever. But you wouldn't say nothing to them on the streets, though. Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely. Right. You wouldn't say nothing to them on the streets. So, I mean, there's a way to conduct yourself in games. If you want to slip there and say, oh, Westbrook, you're playing like a bomb or you're not playing well, that's one thing. We start talking about moms, kids, um, personal issues might be going on in the player's life. You're going too far. You're going too far. Mm-hmm. Shannon Sharp was saying the other day about how he played for Denver. I forgot which team that uh, they were playing against or – I think they were at Denver, or I don't know where they were at. I forgot which, which field he said they were at. But he said they were practicing, stretching and stuff. And somebody told him, hey, Shannon, why don't you do the gorilla dance for me? <laughs> and he said, he said he was like, I know I'm just sitting here where I just thought I heard. And Drew said it again. And Shannon told him, you said it again, I'm going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. The dude was like, oh, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do it. You know, I didn't mean to say the word stuff. So people got to be careful who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because Shannon Sharp was jacked, and not to be disrespectful, but he was jacked like a gorilla, and I mean that in a in a a, a, a loving way, like not no derogatory way. Like he was a beast, and he's still jacked to this still. day. Still, still. As bronze bomber to this day, <laughs> to this day, that man is still jacked. So I wouldn't even fuck with you. I wouldn't even try if I was some sucker like one of them cats. Now to even try to you know challenge Shannon Sharp because he would mm-hmm. beat that ass. But I just I just <laughs> had to clarify because I just said I was ready to throw James Dolan way under the Kuntang clan list, which I could just do mm-hmm. off top of just being a Knicks owner. But for this situation, like I said, just to clarify, I had to say it was because of surface level. We can't say one did the right thing and then say, well, this guy, the owner, because I don't like him, this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever, is just, it's whatever. So I I put that on ice for now. There'll be a reason for him to make the Kuntang clan list if he hasn't already. I don't remember. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, could, he, he he can live on this one. But this was just some shit that was just like, you know, I'm glad that fan got, uh, you know, banned for life. I think the guy's wife should have got banned for life, too, because I think they said that even she was throwing out derogatory shit, too. But all we all we know is all we know is is it's the man. It's the man who, Mm. who, who did the most and he got found out. I mean, we all seen his pictures already. He's you know, he was caught on camera. 
So yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. These these people, they're gonna, they got when they're getting what they deserve. Plain and simple, they're getting what they deserve. And yeah, I think I still think the league was right for finding Russell Westbrook because regardless, I mean, you know, regardless of the situations, we're still human beings. So we're gonna react. Once something has gone mm-hmm. too far, we're gonna react. That's gonna happen. But to go as far as even throwing in, like, I will fuck you and your wife up. Like, it's like, all right. Yes. All right. And then you go, like we said, we, you know, we putting it on everything. <laughs> when you putting that on everything you love. Yeah, just chill. You're not, you're not back in the streets no more, kid. Let's just relax. You're a professional. Let's, you know. We all true, get to that true, moment. True. We all, I, I've even gotten to that moment in the streets on my job. Mm. I've gotten to the point where this kid came out and was claiming, "Yo, I'm gonna run up on you on the light." Like he was like, <laughs> like, like he was reciting a Jay Z verse on some. You can run up on the light. You can lose your life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, but anyway, Katara, as always, it was great to have you on for this segment. We're definitely going to have you back soon. Hopefully we get to see you soon. We're going to, you know, we'll, we'll be chopping it up soon, but we're going to take another break and then we're going to get on with the football talk. So Katara, any last words before we go? Um, just shout out once again, always shout out to the starting five, um, and, and, and real quick, shout out to my True Radio Network family as well. Real quick, just remember guys and everyone who is listening, surround yourself with people who are positive and doing things, you know, with, with entrepreneur wise or an encouraging or, you know, or doing positive things on their jobs. This is, now is the time. You know, you don't have time. It's, it's once in a while, hang out with your friends, but if they're not doing anything and they're, and they're you know, being uh, pessimistic, uh, I, 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 this is not the time for that. You, you know, do your best. You know, this is, this is now is the time for entrepreneurship and everything else that's going on, uh, you know, with, with our mm-hmm. country. Definitely. So, so surround yourself. And, and if, you're, if you're one of these people who don't understand uh, the entrepreneur thing or don't understand because you know we all learn that we have to go to work and do all that other stuff but uh, you know working for the man or whatever but if you're not understanding it learn it and be quiet don't criticize your friends are out here your colleagues your family members are trying to do their own thing and you should be supporting them not being pessimistic alright that's all I have to say there <laughs> cool cool so we'll be right back on the other side of this book And we are back. Thank y'all for rocking out with us. As always, we are the start at five. Now we get to talk about the NFL season is back into effect. The 2019-2020 season season is now underway. This is a Wednesday. The season opened up at 4 p.m. this east, you know, Eastern time. And we all know, we all seen what was going down in all these transactions. JP. <laughs> I want to say, let's say, I want to go with you on what was some of the biggest ones, but the big one, we're going to save that one for last, because there's a lot of laughing mm-hmm. to do about that one. 
So where do you want to hmm. go? You want to go by you want to go by team or you want to go by players? Let's go by teams. Let's go by team. Okay, so pick a team and we'll go there. The Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Why not? Why not, man? I, I like what they did. I am thoroughly impressed too. I'm very. The only impressed. problem I have, they didn't go after a running back. Yeah, we needed a healthier running back. I would say. Uh, I still think we probably should have kept uh, 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 LeGarrette Blunt, but it is what it is. Uh, I hope Corey, Corey Clement sticks around. You know, that's that's a, would be key because he could get more reps. J.H.I., I hope he comes back healthy. But for what we did so far, Brandon Graham re-signing him three-year, $40 million. Uh, Malik Jackson, we snatched up one of the best defensive linemen in the league, defensive tackles at that. And... He's in a three-year, $30 million contract. But my favorite move out of all of this is, yes, he got hurt recently. But I think also, too, besides his injuries, uh, his his want to play for these other squads didn't show. But now that he's back home in Philadelphia, and I say home, meaning Philadelphia because we had a team that drafted him. Deshaun Jackson, I think he's ready to show out. This will be his best quarterback since McNabb, in my opinion. And we got him, literally, we gave up a bag of peanuts and a soft pretzel. <laughs> it's literally, we gave him up for a soft pretzel and, and what y'all call down that way water ice we don't call them water ices up here but y'all call them water ices we gave them up for water ice and soft pretzels and water ice yep. <laughs> which was literally we got him and the seventh round pick for 2020 and all we gave up was this year's 2019 six round mm. pick the 208th pick that is all we gave up to get Deshaun Jackson back. A guy that who could still be a speedster as far as a deep threat is concerned. He can be the guy who can take the top off the field and still leave Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz wide open because you're going to have to pay attention to all these guys. Now what sucks is they might have to let go of Nelson Aguilar, but for Deshaun Jackson... Yeah, I could let Nelson Aguilar go. I, I'm not mad at that, man. So, but yeah, man, you picked us. Why? What are your thoughts behind this? I, I think we did great. Uh, I like what he, I like what the Eagles did, and I think they're going to win the NFC East this year. Yes, yes, I hope so too. Especially with all the turmoil that Dallas is going through, and them New York Giants that we're going to talk about later. Oh my goodness, we're going to talk about them later. But you know what? Since my Eagles, we uh. We, we, we're talking about possibly, well, no. Uh, yeah, you know what? We're going to talk about the Eagles. We're going to talk about the Patriots real quick. They are expected to sign, if they didn't already, Michael Bennett. He's supposed to get traded to the New England Patriots for a 2027th round draft pick in, in exchange for a 2025th round pick. So we kind of go up. I'm not mad at that. They re-sign Phil Dorsett, and they get Jason, they re-sign Jason McCourty. Uh, Phil Dorsett, mm-hmm. one-year deal. McCourty for a two-year deal. Uh, 
<clears throat> I like them getting Michael Bennett for their sake. They even talk about Martellus Bennett coming back possibly to play with his brother on the same team. I'm not mad at that. Mm-hmm. But New England is losers in some sort of a, in some ways because they lost a lot of pieces to. And if JP, you want to mention them or go to another team, it's up to you. Oh, let's go to another team. Let's go with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I that's what they did. I set you up wrong, but you know we we can go to Baltimore. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, oh, and I'm saving that team. Oh yeah, don't think I didn't forget about that team. Well, yeah. Because they're next. Okay. They're next. They're on the clock. But I had to do with the Ravens real quick. I upgraded the safety position and upgraded the running back position. Yeah. Um. Not re- not bad. They they got, but they did get rid of Terrell Suggs. Yep. And CJ Mosley. That's yeah. going to hurt their defense. But they did get Earl Thomas. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. They lost. They lost uh, key linebackers. Yeah. CJ Mosley went to the Jets. And Terrell Suggs went to the Cardinals, which is, you know, I guess it's because he's an Arizona boy. Whatever. Maybe he's on his way out. But, yeah, four-year deal, 55 mil, 32 guaranteed for Earl Thomas, who's coming off a major injury. And then Mark Ingram is gone from uh, New Orleans, and he's in talks of a three-year deal for $15 million. I think it's a great pickup for them as far especially at running back. You got a solid every down kind of back to go along with uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, man. I, I like that. I ain't mad at that. But the team that I was trying to go to was the Detroit Lions. <laughs> this, this, they're becoming the, NF, the NFC North Patriots. <laughs> They're picking up Danny Amendola for a one-year deal for uh, four point five million. They uh they got Trey Flowers, <clears throat> five year, sixteen mil per season. Tight end Jesse James, I believe he was Jesse James was uh he was with Pittsburgh, right, JP? Yeah, right. number eighty-one. Yeah, and Justin Coleman, four-year deal, thirty-six. So yeah, the Detroit Lions have kind of made some improvements here and there, JP. Well, where do you want to go? Yeah, next? we're gonna go with the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to go there. Yeah, soon to that, be Las Vegas Raiders. That's what. That's who I three wasn't a, talking about. But yes, I'm with you. Let's go. Three and a five for Antonio Brown. Not a bad day's work. I would love to see him get Le'Veon Bell, but it didn't work out. So we got three first-round picks coming up. So I'm I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it right now. Maybe the mad scientist John Gruden knew he was doing all along. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And they got Trent Brown, four-year, 66 with uh, 36.75, fully guaranteed. They got LaMarcus Joyner, four-year, 42, which is uh, 16 mil guaranteed. Terrell Williams with 22 mil guaranteed for four years. Let's see what happens. And like you said, man, three first-round picks, they didn't lose any of them. Not one to get Antonio Brown, which that was the shocker of it in all, man. I think we talked about it last week. I don't know if we did or not, but to give up Antonio Brown. No, we didn't talk about it because it happened on the weekend. Antonio Brown, to give him up for freaking a third and a fifth. That was a steal. That was a steal. 
and, you know, Pittsburgh tried to play the games that they tried to play, I think it all backfired on them. They tried to they tried to write this guy off like he was just some bum off the street or whatever. And oh well Buffalo didn't want him. Meanwhile, he didn't want to go to Buffalo. You talk about an all time great mm-hmm. wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about. Yep. <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. But uh you know what, forget them. We're gonna go to the team that you just mentioned with who got Le'Veon Bell, who we tried to mention, the New York Jets. You want J-E-T-S, to... Jets, Jets, Jets. Yes, this team has pretty much made them so they they are they're looking like a contender right now. Henry For a Henry. playoff spot, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll see. But you know, re-signing Henry it's Anderson. The, the, the key is is the fireman coming back now. Right. Is he going to come? I think he did come back. I think he did come back eventually. The uh, Ed, Ed, I think his name Ed the Fireman or whatever. But he did some real yeah. bandwagon. Uh, that was some whack shit that he did jumping off because they was trash, man. You ride with that team regardless, man. But anyway, they picked up Le'Veon Bell. That was the big signing that everybody was looking forward to. Four-year, 52 mil over 30, I think 32 mil guaranteed, but the contract can give him, can net him 61 million with all the incentives. They mm. signed Josh Bellamy, two-year deal wide receiver. Big one from the Redskins. They get they get Jamison Crowder. Three-year deal, 28 mil, 17 guaranteed. And then hey, even Landry bigger. Collins. Who? Landry Collins, right? No, no. Landon Collins went to the Redskins. Landon, I think you said the Redskins. No, I said Jamison Crowder. They, they, the Jets got him from the Redskins. Oh, oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. All right, the Jets got him from the Redskins for seventeen. Yeah, he's mil, a solid receiver. Seventeen mil guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. Great possession receiver. Great possession uh-huh. receiver. And they get a great linebacker, as we mentioned, from Baltimore, C.J. Mosley. 51 mil guaranteed at an 85 mil. Five-year, 85, 51 guaranteed. And then they get a guard, uh, Kelchi Awesome I'm not going to try to pronounce that again. <laughs> it's, it's a rough one. I like what the Jets did, man. I like what the Jets did. But you know Me what? Too. And then, two go to Minnesota real quick. They were supposed to get Anthony Barr, but instead – Anthony, Anthony Barr said, eh, you know what? Minnesota kind of came through with the right contract. 67 mil contract, 33 guaranteed, but the contract could fully be worth 70, 77.5 mil if fully fulfilled. So I, if it's a money situation, if you ask me, I think he made the right decision staying home, even though, even though, for the Jets' sake, I think it's a win that he didn't go there because this guy was getting cooked for the past two playoffs. Well, the, I don't think they made the playoffs last year, but the year before when we won the Super Bowl, Anthony Barr was getting cooked. <laughs> so if Minnesota wants to deal with that, the guy had great regular seasons, but in the playoffs, he was getting he was getting treated like dog food out there. <laughs> dog food. Mm. But another interesting one I see, the uh, the the Rams they picked up Eric Weddle, 
That's a good pickup for the Rams. And Dante Fowler Jr. I ain't mad at that. Uh, the Chargers, JP, the Chargers. You know who they got, right? Who's that? They got Thomas Davis from the Panthers. Two-year deal. 10.5 mil for 5 million guaranteed. Solid linebacker. Yeah, what I don't understand why, why Carolina right let him walk. He was know. real good with, with Keekly yeah. back there. I don't know why. And they also signed, uh, the Chargers signed Tyrod Taylor. They agreed mm. to terms, no money amount yet, but two-year deal for Tyrod. Mm. So his Browns season is over. Now, the one team you mentioned that uh, before show, Kansas City Chiefs. They make some big signings, but you're gonna, I'm going to let you talk about the, what you were disappointed about in a minute. But Carlos Hyde, one-year deal, 2.8 mil. They signed the Honey Badger, which in my opinion is huge, which makes me understand why they got rid of the guy you're going to talk about in a minute. Three-year deal, $42 million. <clears throat> And they signed Damian Wilson. They agreed to terms. No deals on the, no numbers on the contract yet. JP, why were you upset with the Kansas City Chiefs? Because I cut Eric Berry, who was the heart and shoulder defense for so many years, and also he was a cancer survivor as well. And he came back to perform for these for this team at a very high level. Last year he. Actually, a couple pages from the season of 2017. He tore his Achilles. So he just get back to the groove of things. Because we know if he's healthy, Eric Berry's definitely a top two or three safety in this game. Yeah, he can be. He can be, man. But unfortunately, this was the situation of, you know what, this is the business. This is the business yeah, end of yeah. the thing. And unfortunately, you know, we already know that some organizations ain't out there playing the game of the heart. Now, shout-outs to the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though I think they're the biggest losers in this free agency series. But um, shout-outs to them for maintaining with uh, keeping, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, the linebacker that got injured. Uh, 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 damn it, why can't I think of his name, JP? Uh, Ballhead dude, dude from Ohio State. The guy who got paralyzed and can walk again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan Shazier. Yes, thank you. Ryan Shazier. I saw, I read an article today that they put him on the uh, the injured phys- and the injured pup list, the physically unable to perform list, so he can still maintain his health benefits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that that's, that's good on them. That's good on them because it's, that's another, like Eric Berry, that's another great story. Props to them for doing that, even though I think they're the big losers because you got, you know, you lost two of the best players in the league at their positions. Peace out. But now we got three teams that I really, really wanted to talk about left. One, shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars for signing my team's old quarterback backup that got us a Super Bowl win. Nick Foles, four years, 88 mil. Uh, I believe it's about 60 guaranteed, but the total contract value is worth 102. And they pick up a, a guard, AJ Can, uh, offensive guard for 15 mil, three years. 
How do you see Nick Foles in Jacksonville, JP? Um, hmm. We'll see. Um, I was going to say we'll see. But anyway, He's he needs close. some more weapons. <laughs> yeah. He needs some more weapons. That's what he needs. Yeah. He needs some more weapons. That's all I'm gonna say about that. You need some more weapons. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm in full agreement with you because I, you know, I'm, even though I'm happy for Nick Foles and he's getting what he deserves, this could be a proving situation of just like y'all always think NFL. You think this is the quarterback thing? Yes, it's a quarterback-driven league. Blah 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 blah. But if you ain't got the pieces around you, it don't matter how good your quarterback is. So I hope he don't fall flat on his face. But this is one of your we'll see kind of moments, JP. We'll see. For sure, for sure. Now, big ups to the Buffalo Bills, too. They made mad moves. Shout out to my boy Willie, who's a big Buffalo Bills fan. They got Cole Beasley from Dallas. Four-year deal. John Brown, another speedster wide receiver. Three-year deal. Frank Gore for one year, two mil. Kevin Johnson, Tyler Croft, tight end. Mitch Morse, which is a center that they needed. Ty Nashik, a tackle. And then Jordan Phillips re-signed. Still not going to make them that great of a team. But, <laughs> you know, I just seen some names there that that uh, that, that intrigued me. Like, I, I actually shocked a Cowboys fan at work today. He said, we, Cole Beasley's gone? What? Really? I was I, he's, I was like, yep. It's like, the boy was a good possession receiver, man. So you can't sleep. Can't sleep. But we got rid of them. Now we got to get to the two heavy hitters in this one. The Cleveland Browns became instant contenders, JP. Instant contenders. They signed Greg Robinson, re-signed him, one-year deal, $9 million. Now. Well, they're going to be a playoff team. Now. Now. Mm-hmm. They said that I forgot what their percentage of uh, you know being their their uh their rating or whatever being Super Bowl contenders is shot up according to Vegas or whatever. But anyway, fourteen to what odds? Yeah. Now to go along with Miles Garrett, they signed Sheldon Richardson, three year deal, thirty six mil. Sheldon Richardson, if you remember him as a Jet, was one of the best defensive tackles in the league during his time. He kind of, you know, he went to went to Seattle because he wanted, you know, it was time to go. The Jets disrespected him, whatever. He did his thing. He didn't do tremendous, but he did all right. He still kind of maintained some of his numbers. But now with, you know, Miles Garrett, they got decent linebackers. They got decent defensive backs. Now on the offensive side of the ball, man, I got to say, go Tigers. Because... Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. are back on the field together. The same time, you got a short receiving slot guy in Landry. Odell Beckham Jr., top two to three wide receiver in the league. You can flip-flop and rotate it between him, Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones at any given moment on the on the right day, uh, Hopkins in in the te- in the Texans can be number four or number two, number three. He's one of the best of the best. You get them, 
Then you got to remember, JP, they got Kareem Hunt, who's definitely going to be seeing a, a, a commissioner's suspension coming into this league. They got Nick Chubb. And the quarterback, this team offensively became a serious threat, JP. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be a playoff team. I say 10 and 6. But now, because you want to keep it real short on them, these New York Giants. <laughs> mm. These New York Giants, in exchange for Odell, as you heard, they gave, you know, they got the Cleveland Browns number 17 first round pick. Then the 95th pick in the third round and safety Jabril Peppers, JP, Michigan guy. I think the Giants still lost on this deal because they went and got Jabril Peppers Solely to replace Landon Collins, who went to Washington. What's your thoughts behind this? Um, good deal for the Browns. Um, for I'm trying to get my thoughts together here. We're about to try to say, um. That's about it, man. It's a, it's a good deal for the Jets. I'm trying to think what it was. But yeah, but you know, you will need Le'Veon Bell for December and January. Yeah, but the Giants didn't get Le'Veon Bell. The Jets did. We're talking about the Giants. Oh, my goodness. What am I talking about? <laughs> it's all right. It's New so, York. It's New York. It's New York. I'm tired, y'all. It's been a long day. I'm sorry. The Giants, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't even know what they're doing. Neither do I. They gave up. I know Cleveland had to be laughing at them after this deal was over. Man, listen, New York City was laughing at them. (laughs) The cover of the newspaper was laughing at the New York Giants. When I woke up and saw that, I was just like, I, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, really? Like, really? And then you got Dave Gettleman out there talking about, yeah, we didn't sign him to trade him. We didn't do that. But then you got to do some backdoor shit. And then, too, JP, you got to peep the little PR moves that they think that they slick doing. Talking about, oh, well, you know, we wasn't a fan of his antics and how he spoke this, that, and the third. Shout-outs to the boy Ed Molina, who was, um, you know, he came on the show once before. He said, you know, he pretty much kind of summed it up to, you got rid of and you didn't like Odell Beckham because he was black and he was outspoken. And he never came out and never really, like, assaulted and bashed the team that bad. He was, you know, he had his questions about, you know, the way the team played. But it was only because the dude's competitive fire was more than what was being put out by the Giants organization. And so for that, you know, I wish I listened to more New York radio this week. I mean, just this day, 
but I know that they was fuming. I know. I mean, Giants fans personally, I know. I see one of my homies talking about, so we going to act like Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't, you know, wasn't nothing more than the one-handed catch. And I was like, oh, so y'all trying to dismiss the boy already, trying to act like he was nothing. Meanwhile, every season except his, uh, except uh, uh, two of his last three, he was over a thousand yards receiving. And due to injury, he you know had shortened seasons, but still would have shortened seasons. Was putting up twelve hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards. So y'all lost a big tool that saved Eli Manning's ass several times, and got nothing to show for it. And so to that is an Eagles fan. I just laugh at you and I say thank you for the division. And with that being said, man, we're going to take one more break. And on the other side, we got our friend Karen from Ladies Love Hip Hop on the show with us tonight. Yes. We're talking about ladies and women in hip hop. Sit back, stay tuned, and we'll get back with you in a minute. And we are back. Thank y'all for rocking out with us. As always, this is the start at five. Now, as we stated in the last show, we stated at the beginning of this one, this being Women's History Month, we always, 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 always for the month of March do a spotlight on women. This month, we decided to tackle the women in hip hop and you know what? I'm thinking I, I I was messing up. We were talking pre-show about some stuff and I got somebody because, you know, we're talking hip hop and we're just we we all just kind of immediately jumped to the rappers. And I realized we was messing up. So we're going to talk. We're talking the ladies of the 90s this week. And as advertised, as you've seen on Instagram, we have our friend one half or one third of Ladies Love Hip Hop podcast and you are Hi everybody, I'm Karen. Ladies Love Hip Hop in the house. Hi, hi Karen. And I mean why not have women who love hip hop talk about hip hop with us? Yes. What's up guys? What's going on, Karen? Good, good. So how's everything with you? How How is the podcast going? Uh, let the people who do listen to us know what your podcast is about. Uh, so Ladies Love Hip Hop uh, came to fruition between Summer and I, who is my podcast and partner. Um, we just talked about how, um, you know, we would see a lot of women of various backgrounds and uh, socioeconomic, race, everything at hip hop shows. And then you know, we're consumers, we're, um, you know, studiers and students of the music and basically almost anthropologists of the music and keepers of the music. And we just wanted to, you know, have a little shine in this and just insert ourselves in the, I guess, like the educational way, the interviewing way, like everybody can hear from us, our point of view. And we can talk to, you know, different types of folks that um, helps to cultivate and maintain hip hop throughout the years, you know, past, present, and future. So, um, the guests we had on our have on our show are, you know, various backgrounds, uh, different types of people who have helped maintain 
the culture and um, this is what we hope to continue to do. And um, as much as we, you know, we're ladies that love hip hop, we're very inclusive. You know, we're, we're speaking to both genders about hip hop um, and their feelings towards it. And so, um, like I said, you know, just, we just wanted to insert ourselves a bit. Just let men know that, hey, we're here too. And, um, you know, time to have fun out and rock with it so right right true (laughs) indeed true indeed and again we you know why not further and extend the conversation tonight where we're going to spotlight and and give love to who we were fans of within the culture of hip-hop uh but uh i gotta ask you this one before we get into it to, to to close out this show i gotta ask you because i you know besides being friends and I definitely consider y'all friends. Y'all are great people. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of what y'all do. We've Actually, we've been on the show. We've been a part of the yeah. show. You've been a part of our show in the past. Mm-hmm. But being a part of the show of Ladies Love Hip Hop, being on the episode once before, I got to ask y'all because, again, I've listened to every single episode, day one. I remember when someone was asking questions to even put the whole thing together. Shout out to Summer, who right. we're going to have on the show next week. But I want to, I want to ask you, with brief explanations, what were your top three episodes of so what you top, guys recorded? Oh, of, uh, yeah, my top three—the ones I feel are the most, <laughs> like I felt like was most informative and made me feel good when you know I left. Um, who I truly, truly love interviewing was um, Delpy um, for various reasons. One, because he was on time. (laughs) He was very serious, but, you know, very laid back about... um, He's very serious about his music, but he was laid back when we interviewed him, and he gave up a wealth of knowledge, especially coming from a person that is entering... Um, this genre as you know part of the new class of Philly and then the new class of you know hip hop in general right Um, so um, the next one would be Lady B I was like I can't believe you reached this pinnacle you know because I feel like she is the um, you know just she just encapsulates all that is hip hop, you know, Philly, um, the the beginning, you know, the genesis of hip hop. She's mm-hmm. all part of that, right? And, well, we actually you know, bigged her, her up. And, we bigged her up know, last just, week. We definitely, mm-hmm. I said, we definitely bigged her up last week, and I made it a point to shout out that episode because I, I think okay. that one, as as a fan of. As a fan, I mean, not just from the fan standpoint. Let me, let me stop saying fan because I live this culture. I'm not just a fan. Like I live right. this hip hop shit, and to to hear her origins in depth and in such a comfortable way with y'all, it was it was it was a piece that I think any hip hop head should listen to. Like, cause you learned a lot hmm. of stuff. Like, like she mentioned, I meant that JP didn't even know, and JP grew up on her. I didn't grow up on her because I was in New York. I was in Staten okay. Island. And right. when y'all, when she mentioned that she used to date World Be Free, 
And he was like, yo, I didn't know that. And I was like, yep, I learned that. I was like, I learned that from his show, from y'all show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. So, yeah, and you know, really awesome. now, now, look, now, look, I'm going to be honest with the World Be Free thing. Now, you know, I remember World Be Free played for the Sixers back in the 70s. Well, maybe it was later on, though. Because I remember Lady B's first record was in 79. She was actually the first female to take the record on wax, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Right? Right. Yep, yeah, seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, it was so much involved with that um, particular interview. You know, like I just felt like yeah. we, if anything, you know, Lady B. The good thing is Lady B is back on the radio, which and she said it on our show that that's what she wants to be. You know. Um, however, I do feel like what I loved about what happened with Lady B is I felt like we were Summer and I were. Um, responsible for re-entering her into everybody's mind you know like like i said mm-hmm. it's just criminal to me that she's not used and utilized for documentaries and you know just all the other things that's going on but you know i she feel should, like that and, and karen she should be in the hall of fame right now yep. she should because mm-hmm. she she kicked in so many doors and you and you know this because we grew up in the philly area Sunday afternoons, I think it was one o'clock. Better have that tape recorded because that's what she used yep. to come on. She brought you the, the best in hip hop, Dad. She used to bring, like, I remember the Beastie Boys. I know who the Beastie Boys were. To be honest with you, I thought the Beastie Boys were Puerto Rican at first. Before I saw what they looked like. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I thought they were. I was, I, was so, I was so young and, you know, Mm-hmm. Went behind their ears. I asked my brother. I was like, you know, because the Beastie Boys are black, right? He was like, black. He's like, you can't hear any white. And he was furious <laughs> with me. Like, he was. Le <laughs> like, be- Beastie Hermanos. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, do we have the same mother? I'm pretty sure that's what he was thinking. Yeah, so, so, and that's why he saw a picture of him. I was shocked. Like, me too. What? Me too. It's like, oh, yeah. you know you what know the Beastie Boys was like for us back then? It's like when people found out Bobby Caldwell was white. That's how it was back <laughs> in the day. That's how it was for that. But now I really want to beat my own self up because when I think about it and like when I hear their voices, I'm like, how did I hear that? Mm-hmm. Because they, I think they made sure not to really, like, oh, I know why I didn't know they were white, too, because MTV and cable didn't infiltrate black neighborhoods until the late 80s yeah. and 90s. Well, I, and I so was going to say I've always knew the hard way. I've always known they were white house and watching them on MTV you know yeah mm-hmm. I was going to say I've always known they're white because the first place I'd seen them or heard them was on TV so but okay. anyway the third okay. one what's your third episode and then and then the third episode um and like I said all of them were the bomb diggity Mm-hmm. Let me just say that. However, like I said, the most impactful was because, you know, of all the work Summer and I did, you know, stand up, um, you know, coordinating everything and um, with the highs and lows of trying to secure guests. And I know you guys go through that as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, which was Tracy Lee. Yes. And the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, we're not... Summer and I don't have that kind of name in the industry. We're not, you know, journalists, and, um, even bloggers or whatever. We are still kind of behind the scenes. So 
the good thing is that, you know, Tracy wanted to do it. However, I'm pretty sure at some point, you know, he probably had a little hesitation because he was like, who is these chicks, you know? Right. And when, <laughs> and when it's sad to say that the reputation of women a lot of times is, you know, we gossip and a lot of times, you know, people are creating these shows to embarrass people, to get their numbers up, you know, likes and stuff like that. So he's trying to understand, you know, what our platform is and, um, and you know, I'm pretty sure I had a little hesitation, but that interview went so well. And yeah, I was a little was nervous good. myself, but I just loved it because, again, he dropped knowledge, you know, and he gave us his whole story of how, you know, he went, um, what, what, basically what happened to him. You know, mm-hmm. so we got like the unsung episode, the TV one unsung episode of Tracy Lee, you mm. know, right before our very eyes. And that's what I loved about that particular, um, you know, interview and conversation. So right, those right. are my top three. Like I said, Del P, especially for the artist uh, viewpoint. Right. You know, Del P, um, like I said, just a humble young man, but. He was serious and he respected everything about the interview. And the right. fact that he was on time let me know. You know, I feel like a. <laughs> nah, you like could tell. No, but you could tell. You could tell. That means a lot to me because, you know, he could have been like, nah, I don't need them, you know, because yeah. he has, you know, social media is everybody's own PR machine right now. Oh, trust. So trust, he could have yeah. been like, yo, I don't need them girls, you know, I can do my own thing. No, but, but you could tell he was he was very genuine. He was very genuine in the conversation y'all had. You know, he he, he sounded like he trusted y'all a hundred percent. I mean, he, the mm-hmm. the interview sounded like y'all knew each other for some years, like the way the way right. how well that interview went. But you know, I mentioned in Tracy Lee, big ups to uh, Tracy Lee, as I'm wearing mm-hmm. his yes. hoodie right now. Mm-hmm. The expect the unexpected merch. Go to tracyleemusic.com. Hit that up. Reason why I could big that up again is because definitely, just definitely know that I definitely name dropped y'all when I finally got to meet him in the in person. Because before we met in person, we was chopping it up for at least two, three months beforehand. Because my partners, like myself, my man KB, me and KB, KB hit me up and was like, "Yo, Tracy Lee wants to do something for HHDG, which is our group that we also turn into mm. business, HHDG Media." This is the event I actually hit you in uh, summer up saying, yo, we're doing this in D.C., come. Right, we right. He entrusted in us to do the first album listening party, and we brought it to D.C. He wanted to do it in either New York City, Philly, or D.C. We said, you know what, okay. because people always complain from our group that, yo, how come we don't come to, your, to this place and do stuff or have meet and greets and hangouts, this like that. So we just said, you know what, challenge accepted. Let's do this in D.C. because we can shut people up. And mm-hmm. that's what we did. We linked up with Tracy Lee. We uh, Our boy DJ Cerebral hooked us up with the spot, the lounger three. And it was a dope night. Great turnout. You know, we had, you know, we we were the first to hear the album before the rest of the public did because we did it, I think, a week or two before the album was supposed to drop, which was New Year's Eve. And the album wow. was bananas. <clears throat> the out, excuse me. 
the album was dope. The people there loved it. Um, I put them, I put him on the spot, and when we was doing the question and answers, uh, we did a little Q and A. I put him on the spot and made him dance with his wife to the song that he wrote for his wife. Dope night, Aww. dope night. Yeah, dope. They loved that point. They did. They didn't. They didn't know I was gonna throw that little monkey wrench in, but I did it, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. And you know, so yeah, big ups to Tracy Lee, man. And again, I did. Yeah, I, I learned a lot from y'all with with great dude, within that. Great, great guy. Yeah, but you know, through connections, because we've actually not me personally, but we've dealt with Tracy Lee in the past because he's been a member of HADG for some years back as far as uh, when his album, the Esquire, Esquire album came out. Our boy in the UK, uh, shout outs to uh, 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 Troy, he, um, Troy the Hybrid, he, he does a radio show in, in England and he did, a, he did an album spotlight of Tracy Lee's album of the Esquire album back when that came out because that was like his comeback okay. comeback and that album was dope too. So he's been down in okay. HHGG for a minute, but it was still an honor for him to reach out to us and say, yo, I want to do this. I want to get y'all involved because we are like a 5,000 member group, even though we get like the same 30 to 50 people who come out to things or, <laughs> you know, or, or come around mm-hmm. or respond to things. It is what it is. JP took the ride down with me, my boy Ian, KB, you know, that's all. And we met our man Cerebral, and then everybody else came through off of the strength of Tracy. We had some cats who drove up from Philly, who took the two hours to come, and they took the two hours back. Holmes was, I don't remember dude's name at all, but all I know is he was drunk off his ass, and he was trying to hit on my cousin who showed up (laughs) as soon as she walked in. (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> but, but anyway, man, let's get oh, into the, let's get into some of this name dropping. And since you're the guest, Karen, I want to start off with you. Who you want to give praise to tonight? Oh, so you know, the '90s were the formative years, um, for, especially for me. I don't know about you, JP, but and even you, Dan, because you're younger than me. But it's this um, is my years. Yes, it was. Yeah. So. <laughs> How can I? Okay. I guess what it is with the 90s is that um, where women in the 80s, you know, when they were coming out to me, they were, um, you know, they were like the, you know, they were the first generation of women to do it, but they probably had to go through hell to get to where, you know, the women in the 90s were able to take the baton and run with it, right? right? Mm. So the influential ones, like, you know, we mentioned this um, off the air, but uh, I will say Queen Latifah was um, quintessential and influential for me because not only did she hold it down in the 80s, but when she came back in the 90s, um... I believe that album is called Black Rain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in undergrad at Temple when um, UNITY and Just Another Day came out. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that album was very, you know, as, as much as Queen Latifah Pride was a uh, very, you know, proud black woman and, you know, did a lot of Afrocentricity. What I loved about 
um, that album is because she went back to her roots of being a Jersey girl and it was her most vulnerable album because at the time she talked about losing her brother right so she was going through something but then like I said that like that whole album was the soundtrack of my undergrad years at Temple University shout out to the Temple Owls um, so I just felt like Queen Latifah Queen Latifah's rhyming style was more um, vulnerable and had a lot of depth to it and she just came with the with the heat like like who you call the best like I just that time when that whole um, when I fire came out and she kept saying who you call the bitch like that just JP is on you. Um, I want to take your name. You said we shouldn't be taking, and that's Miss Lauren Hill. Oh, I didn't say you we shouldn't. I didn't say we shouldn't. I said y'all can have her because we're not. We're talking. Yeah. We're talking nineties, Lauren Hill. We're not talking two thousand and beyond. Oh, yeah. She's gonna show up to the conversation like, three hours late, Lauren Hill. Well, well, well. You know, we had that discussion about Lauren, and I, I explained to you. Why I give her a pass? That's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But um, anyway, nineties Lauren. Let me tell you something. She can hold her own with any with, with a whole mob of MCs. Mm-hmm. She was a top ten MC back in that era. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree. Back in that era, she was a top ten MC. I mean, man, she she was the Fuji's album. Let's let's be honest. She was the Fuji's album. Um. Also, she broke all kinds of boundaries. Sister Act, she was in that movie as well. Right. Well, that's um, she, she, started. Actually, she started off yeah, before the Fugees in, in Sister Act. Before the Fugees. Yeah. You're right. right. You're absolutely right. You know, but she broke down so many doors for women, though, where, they, where the industry had to take her very seriously. And she brought more than what you would, what you would call the sex appeal. That little kid with Foxy Brown uh, brought in. So she was going by like or talent. Although book no, was a pretty woman, don't get it don't get it twisted. But um, yeah, I'm about to go with Lauren Hill on this one. Fuji's album. Um, so she's had a lot of classic hip hop quotables. So yeah, I'm going with Lauren, man. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I had to remember this is hip hop. So I can't just talk rappers. Mm-hmm. I gotta go back to I gotta go back to one of my favorite DJs of all time, one of the greatest women that DJed of all time. Mm-hmm. There's DJ Lazy K. Mm. Lazy K, very little. I mean, I, you little known to a lot of people if you wasn't hip to. Her on, you know, occasionally making radio appearances, this, that, and the third. But from my knowledge, she was one of the first, if not the first woman to win a regional DMC competition to make it to the Worlds. I believe she was the first woman to make it to a World DMC competition. And then on top of that, she was one of the illest, like, she, she had a very, you know, long reign as a... Mixtape DJ, um, I believe I'm reading right now. She's on the radio somewhere, but um, let me let me see. I don't want to go too uh, 
you know, too deep and too long or whatever. But, you know, she's worked with a number of some of your favorite rappers later in life. Uh, she worked Max B, Waka Flocka, French Montana, whatever you want to think about them. Uh, Wu-Tang, Jay-Z. Um, you know, she, she's worked with a number of the greats. Uh, she's, uh, you know, I'm reading now one of her favorite groups is A Tribe Called Quest. She, uh, she worked with Raekwon. That was her first shot as like a tour DJ. I, the woman has been all over the place. She's been all around the world. And again, giving props to what I believe, if I, if again, my history serves me correct, because I don't want to sit here and be, uh, you know, Google fingers just to try to get it. But I believe I'm right. She was the first woman to make a DMC finals ever. So shout out to DJ okay. Lazy K. I, I'm, I got a rapper or two I want to mention when it's my turn, but I, I think I'm feeling mm-hmm. like I might have to give props to the DJs because, you know, people are going to forget. So, Karen, it's on you. Okay. I don't know. Um, so we only get three of these? Yeah, we're going to go with three. That's if you want to do a quick twofer, then okay. that's fine. We're going to go around okay. three times, and that's that's what we're going to do tonight. But if you want to throw two okay. in, because I was thinking about doing that for my next DJ selection, because they almost kind of went hand yeah. in hand. So it's on you. That's how I feel about these two. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give it up. The two for I have is um, for Little Kim and Foxy. Yes. Yes. Because they kind of came out, you know, um, during the same time era. And what I loved about those two was that they owned their sexuality in yes. hip hop and the lyrics were crazy. Um, little Kim, um, everything about Little Kim when she came out was iconic. She was little, mm-hmm. she um, could spit, her delivery was just, oh my God, it was hardcore, but she was still feminine. Um, mm-hmm. She She is basically the queen mother of all of the the ladies that are out today that's, you know, doing the thing. Um, shout out to um, Meg the Stallion and, um, you know, other women that, you know, that, is, that have patterned after right. uh, Little Kim and Foxy Brown style. And with Foxy Brown, <laughs> the what biggest I name out there, Nikki. Because, yep. And what I loved about um, with, with Foxy was that she was. Um, at the time, you know, she was representing the, you know, just the, the darker hued women, you know, um, a lot of times. The good thing about hip hop, especially in, in its earlier years, it wasn't as color struck as I feel like it's becoming. But, you know, those those women, um, those two right there, they were the architects and founders of, you know, just owning a sexuality in hip hop and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they laid the 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 game the game plan down, and then they also did something very different as well, which is um, they took fashion to another level as well as their partnerships. Um, you know, making that loot. And at the time, um, Little Kim and uh, Foxy Brown were representing brands that weren't even thinking about black women at the time. So they made some major inroads in terms of fashion, in terms of hip hop, um, and like I said, um, 
selling sex as mm-hmm. well. So just all praises due to those two. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I was a bigger fan of Foxy than Kim at the time. I just thought rapper-wise, okay. like, I mean, we all know they both had some of the greats writing for them. I just felt rapper, right. rapper-wise, Foxy felt more convincing. That like that mm, that was really okay. in my opinion that that was really her. Okay, Kim, you could kind of tell she had the full in. You could tell she had the full Biggie influence. Like right. she was packaged well by by Big. You could tell. Right. And she mm-hmm. owned it, which like you said, the important part is they owned it, they lived it, and I mean she's still living it to this day. You know she's still owning. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know. All that she's going through, more power to her and positive vibes. Right. Well. Not to be negative, but positive vibes to her and, and everything she's got going down. Now, JP, it's on you. What you going to do? Hmm. Number two. I'm going to go with NQ. Underrated artist. Dope lyricist. Yeah. Former member of the X-Clan. I'm actually go with Lynn Q, man. She and, and she's had a bad, a good body, pretty good body of work too. I think, and if I'm not mistaken, allegedly, I think her and Missy actually. Um, I'm trying to think. What was I going to say? Yeah, her, her and um, not her and Missy, her and MC Light. They um did a, did a, did a couple collabs and stuff. So yeah, I gotta go with Lynn Q, man. She she contributed a lot. Does it get her just due? Mm-hmm. Another one that. Has got to get more credit. That's a lesser known. Even though I kind of, I, I, I mean, there's too many names that I really want to mention. Like somebody just mentioned Missy. You know, props to her. She gets full shout outs and and much love. I don't know who, if anybody's going to talk her up, but you know, I want to give props to her. Um, I want to give. I, I, I gotta go. Just dropping names. I'm not going to go full deep on these three. But because I need to mention DJs, another woman who made uh, DMC uh, U.S. Finals back in 98, DJ Cutting Candy, big girl, one of the illest, like, she was a, well, she was a part of a Fifth Platoon DJ crew. If you knew about the Fifth Platoon, they were some of the illest. And she was a you know big girl Filipino that uh, that just she held on. She could kick many dudes' asses with tricks and body tricks okay. and stuff like that. And then the last two is Jazzy Joyce and Coco Chanel. Jazzy Joyce wow. is one of the illest mixers I've ever heard on the radio back in the ninety eight point seven Kiss FM days. And Coco Chanel too. Oh, sweet and memories. Coco okay. Chanel just real quick had some of the fastest hands. On the wheels of steel I've ever seen. So because you know, it, all all love to the DJs from me. I had I had to. I'm sorry. We got one more go around. Y'all can skip me if you want to, but because this is hip hop, I had to give love to the DJs this week. No doubt, but, but also about about Coco Chanel too. Wasn't Coco Chanel also on Team Summit one time too? I think she was the the um, resident DJ on there on Team Summit. Uh, she might, yeah, probably, probably. So long ago, I think so. Back it wasn't Jazzy Joyce. No, I think it was Coco Chanel. Okay. Yeah, and she. Um, I remember she used to be in a group with two other dudes. I think their favorite song was "Nod Your Head to This." 
It was. It was Nadia Antonis. I forget the name of the group she was in, though. But I remember her being a DJ, though. Yeah, she's been around for a minute, man. She is nice on the on the um, on the turntables as well. Okay. Yep. Now, last ones because we got to wrap this show up. Karen, it's on you. Okay, I'm gonna do another twofer. I know I'm cheating. But nah, still. it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> women. We don't want to. We don't, we feel like, like we don't want to leave out a lot of people. That's the thing is. I know. I know. <laughs> um, uh, these I, I feel like these two women are like the uh, what is that term? The yin and yang. Two sides of the same coin, right? Okay. So um, I'll say um, Ladybug Mecca and then Bahamadia. Yes. Right. Ooh. Ooh. And the reason why I say that is because both of them can write. Both of them can spit. Both of them um, are what I call the like they're um, they have a hardcore feminine quality to them, right? Like they, you can tell like they just they don't take no shorts, especially when how they you know came about the hip hop scene, mm-hmm. and they're kind of they're they're globally known, locally respected, but. They're in their legends, but these women can write. Right. That's the thing. Like they're writers, and even Lady Bug Mecca, she can sing, right? And then they are known for their quotables and everything. I'm just like, mm-hmm. um, I just, I just feel like in the '90s they had that, they had that bohemian backpack thing going on, you know? Right, right. And they 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 had they had several qualities and with the women that I as I, I named, I felt like they embodied everything most women went through in the nineties in terms of fashion and, you know, <laughs> the right. way they thought about themselves and worldview and things of that nature. So right. I feel like and each each of those women are a piece of me, you know. Right. In terms and, of how and I Bahamadia, and how I thought, Bahamadia is super memorable for that afro and the gap teeth. Yeah, which I can which I can yes, relate yes. to because y'all know I got the gap teeth and proud of my uh-huh. gap. <laughs> y'all be proud. That's right. Y'all stand in it. Okay? But 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 let's not let's not sell the people short. We got to give props to you again because Bahamadia is another interview. That y'all landed on Ladies yes. Love Hip Hop. I know, I know. Yeah. So that's why I said all of them were great. However, I was just thinking about those three, you know, for the reasons that I named. Right. Why right. they were so memorable to Absolutely. me, you know? Absolutely. JP? Um, I am going to have to go. Woo! Man, she took Bahamad in. I forgot all about Bahamad <laughs> Go on and take her. If you got nah, that's you. That's you. You can you you give props to Missy because Missy deserves to be talked about. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. She yes, she does. She does definitely. But do I consider Missy hip hop like like a Bahamadia? Yes. No. I do. Mm. 
I do. She mm. she fully embodied the culture. She's taking this culture to places that you know. You're many, right. Many you're of right. these women you're, you're couldn't right. have videos. The, yeah, the way she did exactly. videos and the, the, different know. dancing and and, and different things. Yeah, you know what? And then, right. and then two, I'm going Missy Elliott. And then two props. You want to talk about a a big girl owning her sexuality at that time? Mm. Oh yeah. Let's talk. It's, about it's, it. Mm. You for y'all forget people yeah. forget she was actually in a group before that called Sister. They had one right. song out and they were produced by Devante from um mm-hmm. um doggone it you know of Jodeci yeah. Devante from Jodeci. The song was kind of hot. The three other girls in the, in the group had sex appeal. Very yeah. beautiful girls. The one who became the big star of that group was Missy. Yeah, she had her own version. And of she sex was the appeal. only Doc one. <laughs> <laughs> she was the only Doc she, she was, and she's the one that took <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah the other three you didn't hear from them since. But also, too, again, just it's far beyond just you know, just uh, you know, her music and stuff. One hell of a producer. One hell of a producer. Oh, yeah. She was a songwriter. I could, you know, we couldn't count how many awards she's won behind for behind the scenes stuff. Choreographer. Yeah. She was a she was a total package. Total package. And you know, from the garbage bag suit video to the he <laughs> come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Missy Missy was one of those that was absolutely hard to dislike at that time. And I'm glad you said that, Dan, because it reminds me of the conversation I had with my brother because I was really scared that he was not going to like her. Right. And he was the one that was like, yo, did you hear um, the rain? Right. I can't stand the rain. He I was like, did you hear that? Yeah, and he, he That was, that was Timberland putting his foot in them beats, though. my brother is a purist. He is a purist, okay? He don't listen to no crap. So right. <laughs> when... She came out with that. I was like, what? You know, because I really thought he was going to think it was silly, you know, because right, right. I didn't think it was silly at all. But right. yeah. Well, that was Timbaland putting his so foot Missy in the beast, though. That, that, and then, too, Missy was put, like I said, Missy was behind the scenes, very low key, was doing some beats and doing some stuff, too, man. So big ups to Missy. Big yep. ups to all the ladies we mentioned. I'm sure there's a number of them that we forgot. We had one that definitely transcended errors. Queen Latifah deserves to be mentioned anytime I'm breathing, so I'm not mad at that because I still love the woman. But you know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, this was fun. This was a great way to close out the show. Karen, you know what we do as always: final shoutouts. So I would like to shout out my podcast and partner, Miss Summer Willow, mm-hmm. and um, would like to thank. Um, everyone for listening and shout out to Dan and JP for having me on the show. Oh, you know, any, any time, you know, you're welcome anytime to come on the show. You know, you and some are both anytime. Mm-hmm. You're a wealth of knowledge. She hasn't been around on this, on this show yet, but she's more than welcome as always. Yeah. I mean, you guys are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hip hop. And the way you guys yeah. grind, don't think I don't notice the way you guys grind. I mean, you guys be grinding for real. Like, I mean, you're yeah. at all the shows, you're there with the artists and stuff. Y'all gonna, y'all gonna become big time. I'm telling you that right now. Y'all gonna be big time. 
Just don't forget us little people here. They'll be, they'll be getting the publicist for us. Like, well, you know, oh, maybe we can sit down and uh, J- JD and yeah. maybe uh, 10 or 15 minutes of, of our time. That's what you can read. Well, I will just say, I, even though I get forgotten often, but it's okay. If I get forgotten, it's fine. I know, I know, I know my place. I know my place in the annals of the ladies love hip hop sphere. You got my phone number, and you know where I live. How can I find on you? <laughs> and, I, I'm not saying y'all have, you know, but I'm just saying. Nah, we, we don't know. It's, it's a, it's a but scratch. A we scratch in back. My tank, in my gas nah, tank, nah, nah. And my window bus open. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's some but real. Yeah. Let's go. That's some real serial killer shit. Cause why am I gonna drive uh, an hour, <laughs> two half to Babatunde, Philadelphia, to do some real? <laughs> but anyway, no. We you know we love you. We love you. We love summer. We love what yeah, y'all do. We- you know, we, you know, I'm still and thankful for y'all. thing I wanted to shout out, yep. y'all, um, was the, um, what did we call ourselves? Oh, the Native Pods. The Pod. Right? Um, we're going we're gonna, to, we're yes, going to have a, we're going to have a discussion about that one of these days because, you know, I, I'll tell you why off air, but, you know, anyway. Okay. JP, you know what to do. Final shout outs. Oh, man. Shout outs to you, of course. The mayor for making this show. Shout outs to Summer and Karen. Ladies love hip hop podcast. Y'all get up on that. Dope show. They can hold themselves with any dudes you hear. Whether you see right, written or you hear the podcast, these ladies, these sisters right here are bad. So y'all better listen to them. And shout outs to all the people who listen to our podcast as well. So, you know, and that's about it for the. Shout outs for this week. Yes, and y'all know where to find us, the starfireshow.com. That's it. That's I'm keeping it that short. As always, as I like to say, fuck Twitter, fuck haters, fuck Trump. Hey. And with that being said, this your boy the mayor for some for Karen and JP and everybody else that's been around on the show this week. We say peace and we'll see you on the next episode.